Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We have two champions. We're ready to talk about it, and you're you're hanging with us, Ray and Tay today, <laughs> and I'm Ray, Saul Rayside, and I'm Tay Eric Taylor. Give us a call. Let's let's have some fun. It's Friday. Seven one eight six six four nine zero nine eight. Like always, tweet at us, Facebook us, send us your questions, comments. Today at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. You know, we're on iTunes. We're everywhere, even the website with some great interviews that we've had recently with Ian Bagley, Charles Davis, Jerry Barker um, from, from Forbes.com, RayAndTayToday.com. We got it all for you. Ray, you said it. Since last we spoke, the Warriors and Blackhawks are champs. Let's talk NBA. They had their parade today. 80 wins. Not too many teams have won 80 wins in a season. How historically do you, where would you More, place no, this Warriors team? More, no, it's 67 and 16, 83. Only Michael oh, 83. Jordan's Bulls yeah. teams, the two Bulls teams after the lockout, after his retirement, won more. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, that is amazing. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to think about this team. I got to be honest with you. To to their credit, they have not been given enough credit on defense. And the funny thing is, it started with Mark Jackson, who is not known as a defender, um, but he started to talk about defensive principles a couple years ago and started yeah, to get into that philosophy. And then Kerr, who also is not a defensive co uh, defensive player, sorry, was highlighting the importance of defense, and they statistically were number one on offense and number one on defense and won 67 games, So just and they're champions. So just in and of itself, that should put them in an elite category. They never went to a seventh game, right? Now, yeah. now we'll talk about the, the other things, like the injuries and the fact that they had – Right, and Steve had, Kerr, give him credit. Remember at the time. press conference, give him credit. He said we were very lucky, and he acknowledged that, talking about the it, health – you know, and all I think that. Tim so. Duncan texted him. He said, "Oh, it's this easy, yeah. huh?" <laughs> you gotta love that. And you know, it's great because you know Tim Tim Duncan's coming back thinking we could still win this. You know, I know, I know the Spurs. If they re-sign Kawhi and Danny Green, and maybe just add another, you know, veteran up up front or whatever, they've got to believe they're like, you know what? Maybe they lose Marco Bellinelli and you know figure something out. Who knows? But. Let me ask you the this. Spurs so, we, we, we and move. the Clippers have to be kicking themselves. Well, Ray, but that's what I ask you. Your boy Bombers rebranding. They've got these nice new jerseys. I don't know if you saw them. I tweeted them out. They look really sharp. I'm really impressed. They bring over Lance Stevenson. We'll make you dance. Get rid of Hawes and Barnes. Um, you know, we're still talking about maybe even shipping out Jamal Crawford. Looking in the landscape, Vegas favors the Cavs and the Warriors to face each other next year. And let's say you'd have to say in the East, the Heat and Bulls will be, you know, competitive with the Cavs maybe. Taj Gibson's going to be out ankle surgery for four months. 
But then in the West, you're talking about Clippers, Spurs, OKC, healthy with that new roster with Cantor, Waiters, you know, Westbrook, Durant. I mean, a draft do you, pick. Yeah, don't you believe that the Warriors have a, a huge mountain to climb to get back there again, just to get back there? So just like the Cavs were the favorite this year, you got to say the money's on the Cavs because, not because they're better than any team in the West necessarily, any of the top four teams in the West, but the West have to beat up on each other. And if you were to ask me if you replay this playoffs, that one game that San Antonio lost, the last game of the season to uh, to New Orleans, got New Orleans in the changed playoffs, everything. dropped San Antonio to six, changed everything. Because I really yeah. believe that San Antonio and the Clippers would have taken Golden State to seven wins, and they both would have beaten Golden State. I just feel that the composition, that's why I was really surprised with Houston. And I give them credit. They won it, right? Got to give them credit. But I got to believe that in terms of this Golden State team that had no playoff experience. They went up against four injured teams and a team in the finals that was really, really injured and had no playoff experience except for LeBron. So Steve Kerr is a very humble. He's confident but humble, so I respect that. And to me, this is a very, very, very hard road in the West. So it's a coin flip who's going to come out of the West between what you said, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Warriors. The Warriors now have the experience. The Clippers finally figured out how to win. If age doesn't yeah. stop them, the Spurs have Timmy and you know a, a plethora of guys with experience and rings and whatever. And, of course, you know uh, the, the, um, the Thunder Memphis. have two of the five <laughs> best players in the league. So mm-hmm. that West is going to be brutal again. That's giving yeah, no credit to Memphis, to Portland. Memphis and Houston. So you still got Houston. six teams that could just chew each other alive. Mm-hmm. And we don't so, know what's going to happen with Portland, with West Matthews and LaMarcus Aldridge. I'll tell you this, the Warriors, David Lee is probably going to move, get moved. They, you know, talk to the team, and he, you know, he wants to play still. He feels like he's got a couple years left, so he wants some minutes. Um, they're probably going to keep Draymond Green at whatever price, just like Cleveland's going to keep Tristan Thompson. What do you feel about Blatt and Kevin Love? Will those two guys be back? It seems like Blatt is sort of keeping the peace, even though all this disrespect from LeBron and you know the media is pointing it out and yada, yada, yada. I don't know how you know maybe him and LeBron talk behind closed doors or maybe they need to, but does Love come back maybe playing less minutes and then going into free agency with less cred with the emergence of Thompson? Well, how, do you, how do you think that works out? Where is the love? So I think Kevin Love <laughs> signs for one year. So I don't know what the technicality is, right? You opt out and then you sign for one or you pick up the option or whatever, and then he goes and be, becomes a free agent next year and goes to L.A because he's a West Coast right, boy. And yeah. this would be the perfect thing for his resume to bring himself to an M- himself meaning to to help LeBron get over the hump. <laughs> he and Kyrie. Now Kyrie's staying, but he and LeBron get over the hump and win a title. So I think Love stays for one and then he's out. Now, David Blatt is interesting. I hate to see what went down with David Blatt and and LeBron. On the one hand, we saw it 
almost 30 years ago with uh Magic. or just about Magic and Westhead with Magic and Westhead but they cut Westhead and they and they promoted Pat Riley and the rest is history so that worked out fine the thing with David Blatt is you can't have it both ways you know what i mean either he's your guy and everybody buys in until he's not or he's not your guy like th- this right. notion of you know, he calls a play, and then LeBron checks him and, and calls a different play, and what that, and, and and basically calls him out. I don't think that's tenable either. I think PTI said it best. It's beneath LeBron. You're a mega superstar. You don't disrespect your coach like that. It, it, it's You're an all-time great player. It's unnecessary, and, and and you know LeBron gets all the credit for his his physical skills, his mental skills, but this really was not a good look, and 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 it's counter to the team principles, and it's disrespectful to, to, to David Blatt, but it's also the, the what is it message is it sent to the other guys on the team. So either they have to get in a room with, uh, um, you know, the GM, the owner, LeBron, and David Blatt, and, and hash this out or not. But but just make a decision, right? If Blatt's your coach, But David Griffin has been pretty clear, right, all along. He's like, you know, Blatt's my guy. And so you sort of wonder, is LeBron testing the waters for a power struggle and it makes you wonder, you know, LeBron is going to, you know, play one more year. If he gets the ring and brings it back to Cleveland, would he leave? I don't think so. I think he's there to stay. I mean, he's from if he I weren't from Cleveland, oh, yeah. I'd be like, all right, he came to, you know, Oklahoma City. Well, that's a bad example. But he, he came to some random yeah. city, Portland, and won a championship. But he's going home. How do you go home, leave home, go home, leave home? That's too much yo-yo. <laughs> I think unless the, unless the organization is completely dysfunctional, he's staying, especially given that if they lock down Tristan Thompson and Kyrie Irving and they figure out, you know, maybe a free Schumper agent where they're trying to package yeah. 24 and Brendan Hayward. I think he's yeah. in, but he does need to get his coach situation settled and just get on board with the coach. And if it's Tyron Lue, then it's Tyron Lue. That's okay. But whoever it is, LeBron, you roll with that guy, and, and that's it. And, and you're good enough. And, frankly, let's be honest, no coach, including Pat Riley, including uh, Phil Jackson, would have won, I don't think, would have won a championship. I just don't think this team had enough. It's still, at the end of the day, a team game. And LeBron should have won MVP. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think no, you no. and I both agree with that. But I don't think that any coach right. coaches this team to there be was no coach. There was no coach. I, I wasn't happy with his moves and lack of trying different things. But surely, there was, he, just, then he ran out of bullets. And I yeah, think he didn't our leave caller hardened on the bench, right? He left Mike <laughs> Miller on the bench. Definitely. Well, listen, I'm glad Iguodala got MVP, and our caller Oren from DC, he yeah, predicted it. He's running from Popo right now. <laughs> oh, he's running from Popo. What's going on, man? It's the alarm. It's the alarm. Letting you guys know what we said. Me and Ray said was actually going to come about. So I just want to have that little background noise. I'll give you more credit than Ray. I'll give you more credit than Ray, only because Ray and I both picked the Cavs with seven. He jumped ship <laughs> at the end, and he was smart enough to realize, like you, that it was going to happen in six. I was well, being I stubborn. Well, I picked the Cavs in seven when they had Kyrie Irving. No, 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 no. So did I. I'm saying, I, listen, I was being stubborn and, and, and hopeful. But, I mean, look, I think anybody who loves basketball – we saw it happening, and you saw it after the end of game three when Curry got hot, 
and then you saw it from game four on, and it was the the mixture of Iguodala and David Lee and the veterans, and I'm glad Iguodala got MVP. He seems like a great guy. Curry stepped up, did his thing. Klay Thompson didn't do anything that last game, five points. But congrats to the Warriors. Beast Mode was at the parade. You know, it's all about Oakland. Oh, are you happy for them? When are your Wizards going to have a parade? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm happy for them for the fact that uh, they got over a big a big hurdle, which is an experience in the finals. That was a huge thing. I think that kudos to them and also lucky for them. They played a, a, a basically half of a, or 75% less of the, of the team they had to play. Uh, any of those other players were available, who knows what would have happened. You know, if Kevin Love was available or Kyrie was available, it would probably have been a different scenario when we went for Game 7 or when Game 7 would have happened by now. But um, In every know, round, too, they, they hit a beat-up opponent. And, and yeah. the point guard, they didn't face a point guard all four rounds, a starting point no, guard. You're right. and But that's a testament to their conditioning, luck, and their, and their youth because they are probably the youngest team overall that were in the playoff run. Um, and consistently of what they, who they run in their rotation, which is an incident, which is what the league probably is looking at now. Like, how are we going to run when we have to get to the after the end of this grueling season? Who's going to be left to give us something in the playoffs? Uh, and that's something that the, you know, that teams are going to yeah. have to look at collectively because this is where you run into the challenge that some games. I think Popovich is the master of it. He doesn't care about some games because he worries about. Once I get the seed in the playoffs, then that's where we make our run. Um, other teams are more worried about seeding to escape certain teams, but then we see the results of that is that you come in banged up, and then teams that probably wouldn't have beaten you if you were healthy can now beat you. Uh, so that's Don't you a, think a it also oh, – let me ask you this. Let me jump in. Yeah. Don't you think this also gives hope to teams saying that the NBA is becoming positionless basketball, you know, where you just need five players – um, six, nine, and smaller that are athletic, versatile, can switch pick and rolls because predominantly it's a pick and roll basketball game now, and mm-hmm. you know are aggressive on the boards and all can make plays, playmakers. Because from Green Iguodala on down, Barnes, everybody on that team's a playmaker. And this is what I was debating with Ray. I think the Lakers. If they do, the rumors talking about them signing Jimmy Butler for a year or two or whatever, I believe they go after D'Angelo Russell and let Okafor wind up dropping to the Knicks because the Sixers are talking about Kristaps Porzingis, who's tearing it up in his workouts. Um, and I think the Lakers are going to go for the star you know, point guard who's 6'5 from Ohio State compared to the offensive dinosaur and Okafor who can't make a free throw and, and clogs the lane. What are your thoughts about that in terms of looking forward into the future, how the game is going? I, I think that's probably a better play for them because if you look at even when the Lakers had Gasol, their weakness has always been point guard. Uh, and they've never addressed that, and it only comes out like a sore thumb when they really needed it, and they had no no person to step in and fill that role because Kobe Bryant went to a traditional two-guard set. He didn't want to bring the ball up, so it, or facilitate when it's in his hands. It was a black hole, you know, basically. It's going up out of his hands when he had it in his hands. But I think it also goes into the, the where, what's coming out of college. I think the game has changed because you don't have a lot of dominant big men coming out of college. A lot of them aren't staying to work on perfecting their game or working on their game, so they come into the pros, and basically the pro people have to work with what they have to put them in quickly. 
And so, you know, that's if we had some more dominance in a big man, uh, you know, there's some tall big men coming out, a couple of seven-footers, which has been rare. But we look at their skill set, we'll see how well that works. But I look that's at a, That's a great point. But, you know, I thought you know, I, I said it's a great point. And here's here's the interesting thing. You said six nine. Draymond Green at six nine is really, really versatile. And he can defend the, the two a little bit, the three, the four, a little bit of five. But at six nine, Draymond Green should be punished by yeah. for having to play the five. He should yep. be punished. Whoever plays Draymond Green, and this is how it used to be, would take him in the post, would foul him out or would score 25 a game. Now, Mozgov did as, as best as he could, and, and he played well in this series, but the old-school players would have just salivated at a 6'9", Draymond, who's very talented and, and could have won defensive player of the year. But but no 6'9", guy that's versatile as he is should be able to guard a, a, a classic low-post player. And you're right, we don't have these classic low-post players anymore. Everybody's a stretch four, a stretch five. You know, everybody wants to be, even like, a, look at LaMarcus Aldridge. He's kind of the, the new the new big man in the NBA, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Versatile, athletic, but prefers to, to play face in the basket. And even he is doing these turnaround jumpers, you know? So you're absolutely right. I think both are true, that big men aren't coming into the NBA like they used to, and when they do, they play more like fours. And in college, nobody's staying five. Think, think about it. Tim Duncan stayed four years in college. Shaquille O'Neal stayed three years in college. Right. right. Yep. So these guys That's stayed and worked on their big man moves, but that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But Okafor yeah. is traditional, right? He's got great yeah. hands, great offensive skills. Carl Anthony Towns will probably go one in Minnesota because he can actually play the four because he can hit the 12, 13-footer, and he can pick and roll, and he can move better and defend better. So he works with Pekovic. But the question is with the Lakers, right, and Kobe, one, if you get Butler and Russell, Kobe could play three like Jordan as he was older, as you mentioned last episode, Ray, and I think that would be smart for Kobe. But also you've got Randall. You know, you've got Boozer. You know, they might not keep Jordan Hill, but you can always, you know, bring back Cayman or sign another big guy. There's plenty of – maybe they sign Tyson Chandler. You know what I mean? So I think you can look for a big guy defensively, but offensively maybe you try to create spacing, you know, and, and, and don't look for this big guy anymore. Maybe your biggest option is Randall, and even Randall can face up a little bit from Kentucky and see him, you know, being healthy. I just think the game is changing so much. I wonder if Okafor, as talented as, as he is, and he got a title, if he, being such a dinosaur, will he have success in the NBA? Maybe he'll get stats, but will his team around him be able to uh, excel? Like, even if Okafor lucks up and he comes to the Knicks at four, is that good for the Knicks or bad? Because Melo liked to play around that post area almost at the three, right? So I'm just throwing it out there. I think it could be very awkward and weird building around Okafor. Well, I, I, well to me, I would say, and it's, I, I don't mean to eject, but I think that when you look at the culture of the NBA climate and how the rules have changed defensively, it's yeah, it's no hand checking. Yes, yeah, advantageous for a one through a four because they can face up. Where if you down low, it's, it's less likely you're going to get the calls of the pulling, tugging, the elbowing because a lot of people are blocking the view of the referees. So they have a lot more to to, to, bar, to battle with down low. You know, look at classically when you looked at teams of a big man, the met, method was feed the big man. 
That's not no longer the method anymore. The big man just keeps the ball up and keeps the motion moving, kicks it back out. And only a lot of times, even with dominant big men, the, the smaller the threes or the twos, even the fours sometimes, they are the ones slashing. They want the big man out of the lane so they can drive to the basket. So teams now are more score-oriented, but they're not really centering around the big man being a nucleus. It's more who has the ball and the best playmaker in their hands, and that's where a big person, uh, the big man's game is kind of being lost. I think the big thing with Okafor, I think he's going to be, I think offensively he may have the best moves, but he's going to be challenged on his free throws being so poor. Oh, where that's, that's where he's going to be yanked in front of the bench because people are going to foul him to stop his production. And then it will start to, unless he works on his game that way, free throw wise, he can be negated very easily. God, are we not sick of seeing this hacker fill in the blank? It's just yeah. terrible for the game. But, you know, I think also about this the Knicks would be in a, in a dilemma. Obviously, I would take him, no, no question about it. But think about the centers that have won championships. Obviously, in L.A., the first three uh, are, are at the back end of his career, right? It was Shaq for three, and then um, uh, the combination, I guess, of Pau Gasol playing the four, and then uh, um, the big fellow from New Jersey, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bynum. Bynum. Andrew Bynum. Uh, Andrew yeah. Bynum winning two. But the first six were with, you know, an aging Bill Cartwright, Luke Longley, Bill Wennington, Stacey mm-hmm. King. I mean, these are, the, these are the players that were playing four and five for him. So, you know, Phil Jackson. And Olajuwon got two. Olajuwon got two. But, you know, it's interesting. Yep. You could say so that if you Phil have Jackson's a dominant system, center. Though. I'm saying in Phil Jackson's system. Think no, 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 no. You're right. But I'm just needed. A real right, right, no, no, center. right, no, no. You're totally right, and and that's the thing. Does Phil, does he really want that? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, people chewed my head off a couple of weeks ago. I threw out there that maybe the Knicks would take this, you know, Kristaps Porzingis. You know, he's a mixture of Dirk and Powell, and everybody's like, oh, he's just another European. Nobody's seen him. Whatever. Well, now it's coming out that in all these workouts, he's so impressive that Lakers and Sixers are considering him at two and three. And he played in the Spanish League, which is the second best league you know, out there compared to the NBA. I just think that, you know, if, if the European – I don't listen, I don't like the European players over like these college kids that I think, you know, should be drafted and get their respect. But to me – if it's a legit, legit player like the Gasols or Dirk or whatever, or, you know, rest in peace, our favorite guy, Drazen Petrovic from the Nets, that's my man. If, if he's legit, it doesn't matter where he's from. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just think I, you have a difference in how the European players play, where you look at uh, typically U.S. players that are off the, off the basketball court, grew up playing on the basketball court, there's an intimidation factor that plays in it when they play against somebody. The aggressive faction of the, uh, the aggressive nature of how they play to dominate, where the European players are more finesse and 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 they're more finesse players. Where you look at U.S. players, a lot of U.S. players that are, are exceptional, they'll grit in your face, they'll get aggressive, and that's something that the European league doesn't really have that much. That that you know that's not the way they style they play. So workouts can be impressive, but now when you got you going in a game and somebody's going against you and they're talking trash to you every time they're going down, if you can't stop them and they can't stop you, if you're not used to that, that that's part of the psychological part of the game where that's used so much that some of these players yeah, that look no, that's good. Yeah, no, that's a good point. 
end up not. Well, really listen, speaking. I did like the rookie, and 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 Ray knows this. I loved the rookie this year from Chicago, and if it wasn't for Wiggins, you know, being so consistent, I would say, and maybe getting more opportunities. Um, Nikolai Mirotek could have won Rookie of the Year because he was. Oh yeah, was I mean, he was outstanding for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in the yep. playoffs, he actually became pretty, uh, you know, pretty much a bruiser and kind of aggressive. He plays a little three, little four, and he can shoot the three pointer. You know, so we'll see. So, oh, if you had to, you know, before we let you go, if if you had to throw some money down in Vegas, you know, traveling around in the summer and before October, November hits. Would would you would you bet on the Warriors and Cavs coming back next year, or do the Bulls and Heat in the East have something to say about it? If they keep Dwayne Wade, obviously, and the Bulls stay healthy, and then in the West, do the other six teams, <laughs> you know, all the way from Houston to Memphis, the Clippers, the Spurs, the Thunder, do they have something to say about it? Would you would would you bet Warriors Cavs now? I I think in the East the Cavs outside of whatever may happen, because obviously they're talking about a coach situation now, which I think is really meritless because nobody could have done anything with that team the way it was decimated. Uh, if they right. come back with the same team and Black's allowed to actually show leadership and he has to assert that, there's no team in the East I see beating them going to the final. Um, as far as the West, you know, I really wonder what Popovich is going to have planned. I won't ever count San Antonio out because just the way yeah. their system is. so. But I do see, if anything, right now we see between San Antonio and Golden State in the finals in the West. But I count, I, I, I can ink in that I see the Cavaliers in the East going back to the finals. But your boy from Brooklyn is out there with the Clippers now, Lance Stevenson. Lance will make you dance. Come on, oh. <laughs> he's going to blow, he's gonna blow in uh, somebody's ear. Come on. <laughs> Now, you know Brooklyn. Oh, you know Brooklyn cannot stand up with that foolishness. Can't be like, yo, Brooklyn, stand up. Lance Stevens is blowing in ears. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I can't vouch for him on that one. That, 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 you know, I don't know if he was trying to get in his head. That was the wrong way to do it. But uh, you know, with with them, you know, they have a they they're the they're the reason why a lot of these teams are going the way they're going with flexing, stretching the floor out because they have a big man with no offensive game and. When it comes down to it, DeAndre Jordan, if he had one or two moves, I don't see how anybody could stop him. Even if you're getting – because he's so big and strong, even with the fouls. That's what they had Shaq, Shaq from everybody else. They would hack a Shaq, but a lot of times he got an N1. So it didn't matter if he missed yeah. everything. So, you know, he was going hacking him, but he was giving up two points because nobody could stop him from dunking the ball. And that's why it really – they would foul him before he even get in position because that was the best way to neutralize him. Down low, it didn't matter. But a lot of these other players, let's say uh, alley-oop thrown to him, like DeAndre Jordan, what is his offense really about? Getting the rebound going straight up. You can't give it to him down low and post up. Uh, you know, he's limited. I wonder so if Doc I Rivers. And his game, and his game almost, almost disappears in the playoffs, you know, especially oh, yeah. if you employ a hacker Jordan. So you've got yeah. the game slows down, so you cut, you cut out the fast break points. The, it's all about offensive execution, and you can't play the end of quarters. So you're really limited, and so that, and so the Clippers have a big dilemma, right? Do they put a lot of money in yeah. this guy, basically yeah. as their third, you know, big three player when he's limited? He's limited, and, and I think and, Doc and believes really... in him. You know, I think he believes in him. But you're right, it, and and looking at how the game is, would it be a mistake? You know, like could he say, you know what? Let me get someone who's 
a rebounder but not an offensive threat or clogging the lane, move Jordan and get you like a real small forward that can shoot and then get like just a grunt rebounding center, you know what I mean? Because for spacing, Blake Griffin needs room too because, I mean, he's becoming so – I mean, we saw Blake this year in the playoffs. He was going off. He's ready to explode. But Jordan might kind of hold Blake back himself. So, look, they would never do it, but think about – Getting, you know, trading him for like a Marco Bellinelli and a Tiago splitter, you know, oh, yeah. A, yeah. A, a role-playing five and a and a scoring wing. Mm-hmm. I agree. That'd be interesting. Hey, I think I would take Danny Green more, but but uh, that would definitely be. Well, interesting. San Antonio wouldn't give him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you guys this hypothetically: when you look at DeAndre Jordan, this is what I think his value is. Suppose they had Tristan Thompson instead of DeAndre Jordan. You don't think they would have went farther? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's no, but but it's possible. It's possible. Look at in the, in the playoffs, he uh. actually was showing offense and getting you about ten or so points a game without throwing alley oops to him. So he has a little hook shot, aggressive down there in the offensive boards, and honestly, he probably had more offensive boards in the series in every series he played than DeAndre Jordan. And more importantly, he can switch on out on the pick and roll. <laughs> exactly. Remember, Tristan can switch out on the pick and roll, and he was switching playing as the five playing fours and threes. Yeah, Remember, was Thompson was on Curry, Curry a couple of times. He was on Curry a lot yeah. of times. Steph Curry yeah. made yeah. it look silly, but not his fault, though. Not his fault. There's no way a 6'9", six, 6'10", six, Tristan Thompson should be chasing. But he's that athletic and that yep. laterally mobile that they let him do it. Yep. No, that's a great yeah. point. All right, oh, listen, man, enjoy it. This is Ray's first year. He's joined the club. So all of us <laughs> and everybody, happy Father's Day. And enjoy right. it, and uh, you know, us, us dads, we we definitely need a day. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. That's probably to all you guys, all your listeners too. We, like you said, we need a day, and uh, the mothers get theirs. We got to get ours. So <laughs> definitely. <laughs> all right, enjoy the weekend. Oh, thanks for the call. All right, you too, guys. Talk to you later. Definitely. Uh, all right. Have a good one. Thanks, so, man. Ray, obviously. Look, the Blackhawks had their parade. Your boy Crawford is just, you know, he loves to curse. It seems like at every parade, every couple of years, he's letting off the F-bombs. But I'm happy for Chicago and the Blackhawks. It wound up at, uh, what, at uh, Wrigley Field. I think that was great. I think both teams, and, you know, you went with the Lightning, but I think both teams are going to be good for a while. You know, you throw in the Rangers. You don't know if the Kings come back, maybe the Red Wings, you know, a couple other teams. You know, there's a lot of trades and free agency in hockey in the off season, but overall, I gotta say, you know, I was really impressed. But you know, Con Smythe goes to uh, your boy Dustin Keith, right? And yeah. Kane, you know, Kane never, never, Kane never played great, and they still won. Well, he had a great which playoff until the finals, but he scored, he scored a big goal in Game Six, right? The second goal, and then had the assist. Yeah. Yeah. So. Listen, why don't you give us an update, man? Number one, who's leading? I, I don't know if Dustin Johnson's still up there. The U.S. Open this year in Washington. And our boy Chamber Charles Davis Bay. is working it. I know, for Fox. I'm loving it. I, have, I haven't really checked it out. Stenson is uh, Stenson still leading? It's looking like, yeah, second round. Stenson so, is... Uh, yeah, what, let's minus look it up. Five? Yeah, Benson and Dustin Johnson are tied for the lead and Jordan Speed. So so we got a three way tie at five under. And then we got 
Reed and Grace at four under, and then you got a whole bunch of guys, four guys at three under. So you got yeah, what Martin, Summerhays, Luton, Finau, Kucher, you like, like to a five see guys Nichols, at three under. Like yeah, Nicholson do something. You know, I, I think honestly, I think Dustin Johnson is going to win. It'd be nice to see Spieth, you know, get it, or Phil Mickelson in terms of him, um, you know, never winning a U.S. Open. I just real quick, he shot an 80 yesterday. I don't know if it's still physical. It looks like it's mental. We did a show over a year ago about this same thing as Tiger Woods done. And Ray, it it's 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 looking awful. It just looks it awful. Looks I, I don't awful. know what else I, to say. I I don't even have words. The one thing I will say, I will say this to, to Tiger's credit: you don't win eighty, and you're not even forty, or you're just about forty, and you call it a day. You know what I mean? I gotta oh, no, believe. No, no, no. He's got plenty of time to turn it around. You just yes. don't see any hint of it happening. That's all. No. <laughs> that's the, that's you know, the only so, thing so I'm maybe, saying. Maybe you write off 2015, but a guy that's that talented and that mentally tough, right? What he was the toughest guy on the on the tour in terms of his mental fortitude. Now, some people like uh, Skip Bayless used to say, "Oh, he only wins from ahead." Well, you know what? I don't know that's a knock on somebody because you work hard for three rounds to be ahead going into the fourth round. Oh, you got to earn it to get ahead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I can't I mean, he was so dominant. Wins. We've never seen this type of dominance. But I think now with him, even if he gets back to whatever level, I think now there's so many guys that are so solid whether it's Johnson, Reed, Spaeth, uh Rory, you know what I mean? There's so there's re, um What's the uh, what's the other kid? Um, uh, Bubba Watson, uh, Fowler, you Fowler. Get, there's so there's, there's so many Fowler, young, sure. yeah. There's so many like guys are, yeah. that are so tough. Well, not only are they if, tough, but you know, as they say, Father Time, you know, catches up to everybody. So he right, they're might talented do, too. They're talented. They're not just tough. But, they're talented. They're tough and talented, and, and Tiger will be in his forties. So. Yeah. If and when he does turn around, he might be like Jack Nicholson and win Jason the U.S. Bay. Open the or the Masters about, yeah. at 46. He might be. Maybe he'll win one, and then, or maybe he'll win two. But that's it. You know, there's only four majors. He's got to play perfect. The margin for error now, though. Let's be honest, right? Look, I don't know this year where the P, where the where's the PGA. I, I know the U.S. Open always switches. Does the PGA always switch? And then before yeah. that, we have the Open which used to be the British Open, but it's just called the Open in Scotland. So those are the four majors, obviously the Masters. I don't think he has a shot to win a major this year, um, and he won't qualify for FedEx. So, so you're I, I feel like he needs to play more golf. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he is in trouble. What do you recommend? Does he, does he play more golf? Does he take time off? Does, you know, what? At that See, point, I think when he it's hasn't physical played enough. and psychological. Yeah, See, but I think he's I physically think... not healthy either. No, no, you might be right. Not... But I think, look, I think like this, right? You know how, like, not like it's atrophy, but it's, it, you have to play more to get into the groove and rhythm. And I feel like he can work out the kinks. I feel like by not playing so much, 
you know, you you kind of because just playing practice rounds, you know, in Orlando, that's that's not going to get you ready for the competition, and you got to be out there on these courses. I, I think he's got to just play more next season. We need to see him everywhere. You know, like he just came to the Phoenix Open this year for the first time in years. Like he's got to make the rounds, you know, Dubai, Phoenix. Like he needs to play back-to-back weeks. He's got to put his body under the test. And then I think he could get into a rhythm and it will serve him well. I mean, that's that's the best-case scenario to see him rise again, I, I think. He's, he's got to play like a full year. And he never really yeah. has, right? Remember, Tiger's always been selective, but he was that good. He He could be. I don't think and he's the that good anymore. the toll that he took on his body, his striking, his ball striking is so violent that, you know, yeah. it just adds up. But the one thing to Tiger's credit was when he wasn't playing, he wasn't out drinking beers and getting fat, right? He was going to the gym and he was working out. And so he wasn't just putting his feet up. He was just not, maybe you didn't see him on the golf course, but he was practicing and he was doing his thing in Orlando and, and what have you. So, he was doing this thing what, everywhere. What do you mean? Well, yeah, well, that's a whole His other, other thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> at least he was but burning least, calories that way. But still, I mean, come on, yeah, let's no be honest. Doubt, but at least a couple hours a day he was working on his golf game. So let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, but Tiger, I don't know. It's a combination. I don't know what to tell him. It's a combination of physical and mental. And but he's just got to himself me, out of now that Now, this hole. could be blasphemous, but could it be that – he needs to be that guy, like just kind of not having a girlfriend or a wife, just kind of dating around. And like, like Maybe. was that kind of his, did that help him in a way? I don't, I mean, let's be honest, since, since the fall of his personal life, which had to do with all that stuff, he hasn't been the same guy. Now there were injuries too, but. I was about to say, you know. there were injuries, and it happened in his late 30s. And so now, five, six years later, we're about to hit his Yeah, 40s. and that's hard for anybody. So fa- that's hard father time is, is working together. But look at Derek Un- Jeter. Undefeated. You know, Derek Jeter undefeated. didn't get into trouble because Derek Jeter was never married. So Derek Jeter just ran around, was, was, was the eligible bachelor, and was always having mm-hmm. fun. And New York City, where you can get into a lot of trouble, was always giving him a pass, saying, oh, Dieter, just playing the field. You know, he's he's doing his thing, and, and it suited him perfectly. Right, but I think it's because he was upfront and honest. He was, like, never trying to say, oh, I'm going to be married and then, you know, mess it up. Like, he was, you know what I mean? Like, I, I give him that uh, bit of credit for just kind of, you know, it's not like Jordan, right? Jordan got married young and then kind of was just everywhere, you know? Right, right, right. Um, I, I don't know. So let's let's um, let's talk. Let's let's take a quick break and let's 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 talk some pigskin because there's a lot to talk about. like this i'm glad training camp is oh mini training camp is over because i cannot wait it means we're getting closer i think the 25th the vikings and steelers because they play the um hall of fame uh, game this year they come back and everybody else is coming like august 1st or 2nd or 3rd whatever and 
<clears throat> football is here. I, I wonder about these contracts with the receivers. Who's going to set the bar first? I'm glad the Cowboys, you know, I think Dez visiting practice is a good thing. You know, I, I don't like to hear these things in the media and threats. Oh, I'm going to miss a game and stuff like that. There's a lot of little tidbits I want to ask you about. One, do you feel bad that Terrell Pryor feels that he just can't even be a backup? He was a starter for a couple of weeks and actually didn't play so bad for the Raiders that he's got to be a wide receiver or wants to go be a wide receiver and try to make it on a team. You know, it's a shame. And I hope that what happened to him at the end of uh, in Ohio State and then in Oakland didn't prevent a guy. You know, if his talent wasn't good enough, then his talent wasn't good enough. We can live with that. I just hope that it wasn't because of that, you know, sitting out and then getting injured and then Oakland and that start that he had. I just hope that didn't cost him his career in terms of being a quarterback in the NFL. Remember, this guy was the bee's knees coming out of Western Pennsylvania. He was a great basketball player, great football player, chose to go football, played at Ohio State, won, and was just fantastic. He did that, you know, whatever off the field. Had a couple of good weeks for the Raiders too, right? Did have a few good weeks with the Raiders. So I would think that he still has the talent to be one of the top 64, 96 quarterbacks oh, in the NFL. easily. Easily. Listen, that, see, that, stuff I like guess. that does frustrate me because I, I, there's some backups that you, you and I know that are like, eh, you know, like uh, I, I think prior could work. But, you know, maybe it's the work ethic. Who knows what it is. This is interesting. This has happened so far with the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, maybe a couple other teams. But teams in practice – during the off-season mini camps and stuff, have been using drones and virtual reality, um, you know, in terms of on the field with their quarterbacks and 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 you know, you know, supplementing for players. How much will technology play in the future of the game like that? That's kind huge, of fascinating. What do you think about huge. that? Huge. I actually was at a conference and I met the CIO of the NFL. And I was trying to get her on the show. She's super busy. But I know the NFL is investing in technology big time, and so are the other sports. And I would say the NFL more than any other sport probably because baseball is all about statistics, right? So baseball is all about spray charts and where are these guys hitting and where do they like to hit and, and pitching and hot zones and K zones and all right. that stuff. So, so we I think have all the switches now, but I think football, because it's once a week, because it's made for television, because it has such a long way, uh, you know, sort of revenue to, to, to withhold and to protect, I think they're going to do everything in their power for to health, make the yeah. game better for the fans and better for the players, right, for the health of the players. So they're going to rely on technology a lot. And I think that the the drones and everything, I think that's really cool. And and checking out because you, you know, can simulate a pass rush instead of your quarterback actually have, getting hit in practice, but the pass rush could simulate him almost getting hit. I mean, that could be brilliant. Or a corner right on a receiver and showing, you know, did the quarterback get it? You know, did he throw it on time? Did he get, you know, get it in that small window? So, oh man, there's so many possibilities with that. I I, I love that, Ray. I think that that's. Um, 
That's going to be really fascinating to me. I, I want to see Eli and Russell Wilson get their contracts. Um, I'm sort of surprised. Um, you know, look, Cam Newton, Big Ben, a lot of other guys have gotten paid. Do you think? Do you think the Seahawks will actually go into the season and not pay Russell, and he's going to make 1.5 this year? I can't see that happening. I mean, Russell's a good guy, and, and he seems like a team player, but at a certain point you can't push an athlete too far uh, because then he just won't sign with you. So, yeah, you you might play for $1.5 million, but he won't sign with you next year, and just even if it's just out of spite. Well, you know remember, I mean? they have the franchise tag. See, what I don't like, the franchise tag, and the players have to negotiate this, right, in the next uh, collective bargaining agreement. The franchise tag, they can use it for two years. You know, so that's um, you know, and that's what Dez well, and, and Demarius and Julio Jones are going to be paid, right? Won't, won't the, the franchise for a quarterback must be like what it's the average of the top five players? So you you'll be making twenty twenty two million. He'll get his money. It won't be. I think it's. Be, I think they said it's eight seventeen to eighteen actually because oh, it's right? the average of the top five. But he wants to be basically third. He wants to be behind Rodgers and Big Ben and be, be the number three quarterback. See, I, I be honest, you know what's so funny? People don't give Brady enough credit because Brady, I give him credit because he's not selfish. He'll t- he's taken a lot less money to help build the team around him, you know, and giving back little cutbacks. You know, Manning, he, what, he gave that back, that little $3 million. It wasn't that much. But I think, you know, Brady for years has been giving back and, and you know, taking uh, cuts and stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll monitor it. I, I think, you know, Luck, Manning, and Russell Wilson – um, all should be getting contracts soon. I don't know who's going to go first with receivers. It could be Demarius, Dez, Julio Jones, but somebody's got to set that market, A.J. Green, because they're all due to get paid. You know what I mean? Well, Calvin Johnson set the market, and he's got, what, $44 million guaranteed? So that's what everybody wants, and I think that the, the Cowboys were trying to guarantee Dez something like $13 million, something crazy like that, and so that gap has got to decrease. So you right, right, but he wanted third, he wanted like sixteen a year, and they want to give him thirteen a year. To me, yeah, he deserves the guarantees in the high thirties or forties, like Calvin. Calvin had what, like seven years for one oh something, but um, you know that was a couple of years ago, so you don't know what, yeah, what it's going to be now with the value of the wide receiver. See, the wide receiver position, the value has increased in some ways if you're a superstar, but it's also decreasing because you're finding so many uh, such depth in last year and this year's draft, like Charles said on our show, that undrafted wide receiver free agents are going to make the league and be productive. And, Not only that, you know, look, but look, look at last year's Super Bowl. Yeah, Chris Matthews. Look Math, at yeah. the two teams in last year's Super Bowl and tell me who had Calvin Johnson and who had Julio Jones and who had no. Des Bryant. It's almost like the center in the NBA. The dominant receiver or the dominant center is not uh, is not cutting down the rings. So let's let's talk about the the the, the old Israelis, the used to be pastime in American sports, America's pastime, but it's baseball, and it, we're in such a weird place. We'll look at the standings in a minute, but we're in a weird place with like three things. And number one is on the field with A-Rod, and he's one hit away, about to have 3K, 3,000 hits. 
And when you get to the point where you're talking 3,000 hits and eventually 600 homers, what is it, like two guys that have done that? Two guys. Him, Aaron. Hank and, Aaron and, uh, and Willie Mays. <laughs> and Willie Mays. So and if so, you're on a list with <sighs> Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, that's not even royalty. That That's like in in another stratosphere, you know. The only only person missing in that group is Babe Ruth, and and he just didn't but play. But isn't enough. it time that they they've they've got to address this? Baseball has got to put these guys in the hall and just have it be an era in the hall. You can designate it whatever you want, but. We don't really know if, you know, and these guys going in this year, Randy Johnson and BGO's going in. Fine, there was no rumors, but like you said, there's still 103 names out there we don't know. So we don't know if BGO and Bagwell cheated. We don't know if so-and-so cheated or didn't cheat, what pitchers did or didn't. I just think it was the steroid era, but we still have to acknowledge these great numbers, especially because – to me, Bonds and Clemens are all-time greats, and it's a lie to fans and history. And, and no other sport is the stats and the history more important than in baseball because we always compare it. You always do. That's what fans have grown up and You know, you and I grew up with baseball cards and looking at the back of the cards and Stremski and Ted Williams and these, you know, all, they played oh, all these years and all the hits. You can't help it. Pete Rose. They have to be in the hall, Ray. And so baseball has got to step up and then sort of bringing it full circle with the other two things. The Royals, eight guys leading. I think it finally came out today that baseball was finding out that there might have been some funny business with some of the voting and they might be erasing 60 million votes. Did you hear that? There might be some funny business. Oh, no, I didn't hear about yeah, the well, details. but Yeah, yeah so – it looks like they might be taking away 60 million votes, and I think next year they'll probably officially change it. I bet the Royals wind up with four or five starters, but you can't have Omar Infante starting, and you can't have the first baseman over Cabrera. And, you know, it, it just – it'd be such a black eye in the game, don't you think? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But the one good thing is that this voting system might change. It might finally yeah. change. And I think next year they'll they'll have to figure something out. I think a weighted average is probably the way to go. Right. So would you do a third, a third, a third? Fans, players, yeah. and um, yeah, and like absolutely. managers or something. Yeah. Because the 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 managers they get to pick the pitchers, right? No, I, I would say the media. Media should be involved because the media tend to look at all the teams and and yeah. So fans a third. Players a third, media a third, and then the coaches okay. get to get to do the replacements, or maybe right. do the coaches they, they, and, the, and the players together. Yeah. So let's talk about the Pirates, man, because they're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball. And maybe you could say they've been beaten up on lesser thans, but listen, you got to win your games, no matter who you play in baseball. And eight in a row, eight and two in their last ten. They might not catch the Pirates, but remember last show we were saying they were, you know at that spot where they would definitely be in the playoffs with the wild card. Well, now they're really looking like they're trying to solidify that with 39 wins. Um, Eight in a row. I, I'm, it, it, it's really impressive. It's, uh, you know, it's good to see, but it's the pitching, right? The, their starters are coming around. Their bullpen is getting better. 
and McCutcheon's bat is, is starting to heat up. And so then everyone around them is, is starting to play a little bit better. And I think they're dangerous. I think that the, the Pirates could actually be a dangerous team if, the, if they pitch the way that they're pitching in the playoffs. You know what I mean? No, you're absolutely right. And if you look at that National League, nobody else is really – you know, the teams that are surprising, obviously the, the, the Pirates, they were good last year. You just didn't know if they could rejuvenate – you know, and do it again, the Giants are surprising at 36 and 32. Yeah. I'll tell you what, your Diamondbacks playing around 500 they're, ball. I thought they they're would be playing terrible. some good ball, right? They're yeah. starting to pitch, and, and, and they're really – and you know what it is? They've got one of those guys officially. Paul Goldschmidt, you know, and, we, and I talked about it with McCutcheon and Goldschmidt. They, they, Paul is now a trout. He's a – Harper, and by the way, Harper got hurt, might be, you know, with the hamstring, might be out for a bit. But your boy Strasburg should be coming back in a week, so that's good. But Paul Goschman, he's he's a franchise player, and so the, the Diamondbacks are look like they're retooling quickly, right? So, yep. you know, that that's good sure. to see. The Mets you are know. holding on first place. Yes, My they are. toying with taking over that division, and then they fall back, the and maybe when Strasburg – comes around they will but yes good for the Mets 68 games in and I still think they won't make the playoffs but they're holding on they're in first place by a game and a half they got that young pitching down they sent Dylan G they they uh designated him for assignment earlier in the week so they might go back to the traditional staff um but you know what they do enough to I win I think they got to go get a bat Ray don't toy around with it you know the trade deadline is coming up you know, a lot of Reds and Phillies are probably going to be moved. What What do you – maybe some Oakland A's. What do you think – who would be the guy if you They're were the Mets? the third Mets? worst team in the National League in terms of runs scored, tied with the – ironically enough, tied with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, do you go get two bats? Give up, what do you do? I don't know. Uh, you know what? you got to make a decision. You have this young pitching staff – you have David Wright in the prime of his career. You brought in Kadire. You know, you've got a bunch of sort of average to slightly, you know, maybe below average offensive players. So you need to decide. You're in that big ballpark. So you need a sort of a doubles spray, use the whole field type of hitter. Somebody, you know, like a Tony Gwynn, a little bit better, a little bit more powerful than a Tony Gwynn. Kind of a, a guy. Right, but remember, they let me be realistic. Look at the, these teams. Who from, let's say, Oakland, Cincy, or Philly do you think that they could probably uh, go for? Oof, maybe man, Colorado, maybe Lewis. Troy Tulowitzki. You know, I mean, but who? Tulowitzki. Who's well, out there from those four making teams? a commitment, right? You're signing him for the next five years at at, at twenty something million a year. So I don't know if the Mets want to do that. Um, but you know, all I'm saying is, don't bring another Jason Bay in there, right? A, a guy that was a big hitter, home run hitter, and then you bring him to to uh, the new City Field, and that field just <laughs> ate him up. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. You're right. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's two players. Maybe it's two hitters that are a la Daniel Murphy. You know, more offensive than defensive. Um, yeah. Maybe you don't get one star. Maybe a Brandon Phillips. Good players. You go for a Brandon Phillips. Phillips on age, a... though. Uh, you know how yeah. many good years does Brandon Phillips have? Maybe one, two. You know, he's 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 getting up Three there. Three to top. 
I'd rather see them get a guy that's young to match the rest of their team, and and especially this pitching staff. But, you know, you pay a premium for those young players. No, definitely. And you know what? Kudos to the Astros, even with the controversy going on uh, with the Cardinals. We've got to talk about that five in a row. And, and, and when you have the FBI involved in this and whether they stole the password or figured it out and everybody's releasing little, their little tidbits, the Cardinals are wrong. Baseball's got to come down hard on them, and um, you know, obviously they might face you know legal stuff. But I think in terms of the baseball stuff, they're gonna have to lose some picks or something too, right? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I don't know exactly what's happening here, but when another team is charged, one, it's worse than you know the spy gate and everything because spy gate you were out practicing you thought you were doing it in private but right. they kind of snuck in and filmed you but, but this well, is you're not getting their insight on how they view their minors yeah, yeah. their this system how they built it every player I yeah. mean, this is corporate That's espionage huge. i mean really oh, so we, always, we joke about it but this is like china <clears throat> spying on the u.s and, and granted sports is just sports but but this is a corporation spying on another corporation. I mean, could you imagine? It's like totally. McDonald's spying on Burger King. That, that's that's a federal offense. You know, you make this is, so people juicy. go to jail for this. Right. <laughs> Do you know about the new Whopper? Do you know? Do you know about the new Chicken Tenders? No, no, but for All real, right. this is corporate hey. espionage. People go to jail. Listen, this listen. Like, and, oh, and, and, a couple of passwords and, 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 and ruin my fantasy team. I mean, it, this is serious stuff. No, no, no. It definitely is. And you know what, though? Also, in the AL East, man, I, I got to give some props. The Blue Jays, you know, they calmed down, but they're starting to win two in a row. They're eight of the last ten. And then those Rays. Uh, I saw Chris Archer in an interview, and he was just great, a young, you know, pitcher and very personable guy. And, and you got to root for the Rays because their manager left them. You know, they don't necessarily have the greatest fan base. I don't know what they need to do. Maybe leave Tampa, figure something out. I don't know if it's just a stadium issue or it's location, 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 like you say. But they're in first place and they're winning. And their young arms, man, they have built this organization the right way. And you got to feel good for Tampa, right? Because you, you lose the David Price, but... They've built it in such a way that they're, they're they're rebuilding so fast. It's like they never crashed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what's funny is they're 19 and 19 at home, and they're 19 and 11 on the road. So they don't actually have mm-hmm. even home field advantage at the drop. That's what I'm saying. Where do you think they could move? Let's be realistic. Who's a city that could hold the team? Because I I just don't think I don't think they need to stay there. I really well. Don't. You figure for balance of power. They should stay in the East because you you know you don't want to see another no, no, yet right. another realignment. So they got to be on the East Coast. I mean, do they stay in Florida? Maybe not because Florida has spring training, so Florida has enough baseball. And apparently, you know, I don't know if the Miami Marlins aren't drawing all that well, but I don't know. They're a new team, a yeah. ish team, right? They're an expansion team. They've won championships. They've won two championships, but they've had you know multiple owners. So it's I don't a know. bigger They're city a than Tampa in that sense. Do too. they go and, to? You know, what's a big city? Do they go to North Carolina? Do they go to Charlotte? I mean, is there a baseball? Can they hold baseball? They got the Panthers, right? Baseball is very big in minor leagues, and they're very loyal to the Panthers. And the hockey, you're right. That might be a good market. That might be a great market, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where else on the East Coast. 
I don't know of another place on the East Coast. You can't go Delaware. It's not big, you know. Yeah, you can't go to New Jersey because you'd be competing between New York and Philly. They'd be they'd yeah. be uproar about. The that. only way is if Brooklyn came back. Oh my! That'd be the only other place. New York again. It could work. I'm Oof. just throwing I don't it know. out The there. Yankees and the Mets might object to that. You know that 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 they would probably protest. Rule. Where but, Peter Angelos had to get, you know, they had to pay him yeah. to, to put the Nationals back because you get a, you get a protection of no, miles you're, you're around right. your city. We'll we will see. So listen, I think uh, we'll be back maybe Tuesday. Oh, we'll definitely be back. Oh, we'll Sweat definitely it. be back. It's going to be a yeah, great sports weekend. Lot of, now. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm I'm just saying we're coming back strong and. We are previewing the NBA draft, and we will break down the entire first round, draft rumors, trades, everything, and we will give you all NBA slash college hoops. Maybe we can get a guess. We'll see, but we will definitely break it down, especially for you Knicks fans, let you all know the insight. And, Ray, happy Father's Day, man. Happy Thank Father's you. Day. Happy Father's Day to you, too. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all of our listeners out there. Yes. You earned it. A lot of dads out there. Go be a father there. to your child. To your child. Enjoy yes. the day. <laughs> like Let <Ed> your family, Ed <laughs> O.G. and the Bulldog. Let your family take care of you. And we'll be back next week talking sports with Definitely. friends. Definitely. Have a great sports weekend. Enjoy it. And, uh, oh, man, it's hot out here on the West Coast, Ray. I want you to know Arizona. Oh, it's, it's hot. We got 88 in New York. Hot. Yeah, well, try 116 yesterday, 113 today. Sunday will be 111. Hot. So my fun might be indoors or just in the pool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> happy, have a great sports weekend. Thanks for listening. We're out. See you Tuesday. See ya. Mine.